I'm Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. Well, happy Thanksgiving week, everyone. We're doing a bit of an abbreviated show this week to give you more time for your turkey, for your ham, maybe even some of those Hawaiian rolls. We may even talk some turkey and uh, Thanksgiving treats, but we've got to talk about OU's win at BYU and the Sooners' Big 12 title game hopes. But first, we want to thank these sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. The Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association, MidFirst Bank, NextGen Roofing, Two Fellas Movers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, 988 Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And hey, let's face it, a box of pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to. Nobody wants to help you move. But we know two fellows that love moving. At Two Fellows Moving Company, we offer free no-strings quotes for your move. With more than 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end at moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We have you covered with dumpster rentals and junk haul services. Remember, quotes are free and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. All right, Barry, we got to talk about that BYU game. Uh, OU's one and only trip to Provo, first time in program history, likely the last, at least for the foreseeable future as they move to the SEC. But it was an eventful game starting off with Dylan Gabriel uh, not playing the second half, Jackson Arnold coming in. What were your impressions of, of Arnold as the backup and the, the quarterback there in the second half? Well, I was sort of taken aback at how uh, many shackles it seemed like Jeff Lebby put on Jackson Arnold. They did not open up the offense. They went low-key, uh, heavy on the run game, heavy on the Jackson Arnold run game. He did not throw that much. Wasn't uh, put in a, a major decision-making situation very often. I thought that was interesting. But then at the end of the game, with the game on the line, the Sooners needing a first down to put away the game, uh, he was allowed to check off against the blitz, throws the slant to Farouk for the first down that effectively ended the game. So I, f- I found that interesting. I was, I guess I was thinking Jackson Arnold was a little bit more game ready. Uh, he ended up, I think at the end of the game, he proved that he was, but it just, it struck me that the Sooners felt like, Hey, we can go ahead and win this game with a very limited offense. Yeah, and I think that I think that is true. I saw that as well. It felt like there wasn't a ton of fireworks or or anything of the sort with Jackson Arnold at quarterback, and the, the conditions weren't great. Um, I do think that might have had a little bit to do with it, the fact that he hadn't played in six weeks. Um, but you know, I I did think that we might see a little bit more downfield passing game uh, with Jackson Arnold. You know, I I thought after the fact, I thought, man. They went away from Drake Stoops in the second half. But the truth is they went away from pretty much every receiver in the second half. Really didn't throw to them. So it's going to be fascinating to see if Dylan Gabriel, A, is available for this game on Friday against TCU. We don't know uh, what the status is, and we may not know until game time, frankly. And B, then with a week of preparation, does the Jackson-Arnold uh, offense look different? I think it would. But to me, Barry, that's maybe one of the most intriguing parts of this TCU game on Friday. Yeah, I, I would agree. I do think if, if, if Arnold's the man against TCU, I do think you'll see an open playbook. You know, they went deep the one time uh, Arnold had, uh, I think it was Nick Anderson wide open down the left sideline. Would have been a 60-something yard touchdown. He overthrows him. That's probably not uh, going to be the, uh, the uh, 
method of operation for Jackson Arnold. He's going to hit that pass most of the time. So I think if, if it's Jackson Arnold on, on Friday, I do think you'll see a wide open playbook. I think the Sooners thought, hey, this is this game's not well in hand at BYU, but it's we're in control. It, it got dicey, of course, but I think if it is Jackson Arnold, I think we'll see a, a bigger playbook, no doubt about it. It's in, and I think it would have been interesting to see had Billy Bowman not come up with that pick six. That was the turning point of the game, biggest play of the game. If he doesn't come up with that play there, if BYU goes ahead and scores, um, you know, the first and goal from the two, they'd had three big chunk runs up to that point. So the fact that they didn't try to run it again was a bit of a mystery. But if they score there and Billy Bowman doesn't have the pick six, does it look different with Arnold? Do they go more to the air? We'll never know because Billy Bowman obviously did have the pick six, but um, that would have been sort of a fascinating twist on what we saw and what we didn't see out of Jackson Arnold, quite frankly. And let's talk about that defense, Barry, because gave up a lot of rushing yards, more rushing yards than any team had given up all season to BYU, but they had big plays. It was, Frankly, it was kind of a weird performance by the defense. I think you even I think you even termed it that way at one point on Saturday. It was a weird day for the defense. Yeah, you know, they actually played really good defense, except well, that's a silly thing to say, except for the gashing runs uh by <laughs> BYU. So they didn't play good defense, but they made they did a good job keeping the Cougars out of the end zone. Yeah. But yeah, they uh BYU can't run the ball at all, and all of a sudden here they go. Uh, running, running, running like crazy on on Oklahoma with with big gains, uh, and it got worse. It seemed like the deeper the game went on. So that third quarter, the only thing that kept OU sort of uh, in control was the OU running game got going as well with Gavin Sawchuck. But I, I gotta believe that was a schematic thing with BYU because it wasn't like they were being overpowered. It was just like uh, just big runs, break a ca- couple of tackles. I you know I would say, but. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think BYU just found something, and I think Brent Venables probably uh, knows what it is and is not happy about it. We'll fix it, but yeah, that was that kept Brigham Young uh, with a pulse, and they had a pulse all the way till the end. So not a great not a great defensive performance, but they did mostly keep BYU out of the end zone, three touchdowns, and then you know you get one of them back with Billy Bowman. So. Um, it, it makes you worry about the OU defense, but in the end, they produced. And I think, uh, I think it's, it's fixable stuff, I would guess, from, for Brent Venables. Yeah, and he talked about the run fit not being great, and that may well be it. It may also be that the fact that their starting linebacker had what sounded to be a terrible bout of food poisoning. Danny Stutzman, we found out after the game, basically – you know, pretty much inoperable as a human being the day before the game, hardly ate anything, couldn't keep anything down. You know, that's hard to to think about, you know, they're on the road, they're at altitude, not maybe as high altitude as some other places, but still elevated to what they're used to. And he's coming off a a food poisoning bout and, you know, having to get out there and play. If he's feeling a little bit better, maybe that defense looks a little better. I still thought he played well, all things considered, especially after we found out all the extenuating circumstances. But, yeah, I mean, this this defense kind of looked a little bit on Saturday like some of the OU offenses we've seen in the past with those home run plays, um, you know, big moments that swing the game. They come up with three turnovers. So, you know, to me, that's the difference in the game because 
you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a beautiful defensive performance, but you gotta, you gotta give, you know, tip your cap to coming up with fumbles. Um, you know, obviously the, the Bowman interception return was, was huge, but I do think it's interesting that you still, I, I looked at pro football focus who grades the games, Barry, and they had OU with 12 missed tackles. If they'd have said, 42 missed tackles. I might not have disagreed with that. It felt like they missed a lot more tackles than that. But uh, that, to me, that might have been the most concerning. Yes, the, the rushing yard total was concerning, but I didn't like the way they missed tackles on Saturday. No, a couple of things about that. I thought it got a little better the deeper the game went on. But also, the thing we sometimes forget about BYU is that BYU is a physical team. We all have this image of, of Lavelle Edwards and, and Jim McMahon and, and Ty Detmer and Steve Young and, the, and you know, high, high jinx offense. But that's not who BYU is and hasn't been for a long time. They're a hard-hitting team on defense. They're a, a smash-mouth team on, on offense. And that's how they've been winning football games for, for the last 10, 15 years. It's physicality. So you're going to have some of that with BYU. They don't have a bunch of scat backs. They don't have guys that you know, try to make you miss. But it is a little, it is disconcerting because, you know, the Sooners like to pride themselves on physicality. It's, it was, it was a little bit of a tough environment, I thought, for, for OU in that it was new. It was a 10 a.m. kick local time. It was a team that's desperate. BYU's trying to get bowl eligible. It was a big game for BYU. Uh, you know, this is, this was their marquee home game coming into new, into a new conference. They didn't get Texas. They got Oklahoma as the as the marquee visitor. Uh, they trotted out Marie Osmond to sing the national anthem. You, you thought I'd let get the show through without mentioning, didn't you, Jacko? You thought no, I would. No, I did no. not. I knew I knew we were going to have a Marie Osmond moment. It was Marie Osmond exclamation point for Barry, my friends. It was well. I mean, enough said. But it was it was not an easy it was not an easy situation for the Sooners, and they missed some tackles. In the end, they, they made enough plays on defense, starting with Billy Bowman, to, uh, to get the game won. Yeah, and this, was, and this is a team that's had their road struggles. Obviously, they lose at Kansas. They lose at Oklahoma State. They've had some closer-than-expected calls on the road, but still found a way to win, found a way to keep Big 12 title game hopes alive. Barry, this is – I mean, I know that Oklahoma needs a lot to happen – but they're still in the running. They play TCU on Friday morning, win that game, and then they can sit back and see what happens. And stuff's going to have to happen, but there is still a chance for the Sooners to get to Arlington. Yeah, the easiest thing for OU, the, the clearest path is if, if Texas will just win and uh, Oklahoma State lose. And all of a sudden, you know, the Sooners will be flying the Mormon flag. Come on, Brigham Young, beat OSU. That's what. That's what the Sooners are chanting. They need the Cowboys to lose. Um, if Texas were to uh, lose, potential four-way tie could be a big mess. There are some avenues when o where Oklahoma could make it, but that's going to be the easiest. If OSU can lose in Stillwater to Brigham Young, it's not likely. But as, as uh, the Sooners saw on Saturday, it's possible. That's not a bad team at Brigham Young. They've had some trouble. They've, uh, they've had uh, some dips. They had three miserable weeks in a row, but they seem to have cured that against OU. If they can play against OU the way, uh, if they can play against OSU the way they played against OU, they'll have a fighting chance. 
No, I agree with that. And yeah, it's going to be a fascinating week. I'm a little bit surprised that um, they didn't put that OSU BYU game in the evening as one of the last games because it is going to be such a determining game for all things related to the Big 12 title game. But still, for the Sooners, you got to win on Friday. You got to beat TCU. And if they do and they somehow get to the Big 12 title game, Barry, we'll talk about that matchup if it happens next week. But just getting there. They'd be 10 and two. They'd be back in Arlington, no matter who they play. I think that would be a huge step for Oklahoma. After a year ago, when this time last week, they had just gotten bowl eligible by winning Bedlam, won their sixth game um, the week before Thanksgiving a week ago. Then they go to Texas Tech, losing overtime, disappointing loss to end the regular season. If they can win and, you know, even if they don't get to the title game, I still think this has been a step forward year for Oklahoma. I know. You don't get to the Big 12 title game. There's disappointment in that. But to have improvement, to win 10 games, to you know likely be going to a pretty good bowl game, I think that that is a really positive moment for Oklahoma. I, and I don't, I don't know. Some people might call it a, 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 there's some disappointment in the season considering the ease of the schedule this year. But I have a hard time saying going from a 6-7 and seven losing record to a 10-2 and two regular season is a disappointment. No, I think it would be a good year. And remember what we said in the summer. Hey, this is an easy schedule. The Sooners should win 10 games. Well, if they beat TCU, they have won 10 games. They did what we saw in our minds, what they should have done. So I think, uh, yeah, it'd be great to get to the Big 12 championship game. I actually think that's a small step. Um, getting to 10 wins is a big is a big step. Winning the Big 12 is a big step. Reaching the Big 12 title game, not as big a step. As we can see through all these tiebreakers, that's largely a function of, of circumstance. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a failed season if they don't get to Arlington. I do think uh, the ten win season would be good. Sooners win, uh, beat TCU, win their bowl game, finish eleven and two. I mean that's a solid season in a, in a rebuilding situation. So uh, I think eleven and two would be would be great. Now if you can get to the Big Twelve title game. If you can uh, beat Texas twice in a year, well, then, you know, we'll have a parade. But, um, you know, I, I just I, I think getting that 10-win season, that 10-win level would be a, a big deal uh, in, this, in this year. And I know that's not the OU standard. I know that's sort of a, you know, a laissez-faire type of season for, for the Sooners. But from where they were a year ago and knowing where they're headed, I think this is a major step. Okay, so do they win on Saturday or on Friday? Sorry, I'm just an autopilot. They play Friday morning, obviously. What's your score prediction for this game against TCU, Barry? I think I got. Uh, I think I've got the Sooners. I know I've got the Sooners winning. I think I've got it tight. I think I got it 28-25, something like that. I'm a little leery of the uh, Dylan Gabriel situation. I tend to think it will be Jackson Arnold quarterbacking. I do think he's going to be an excellent quarterback, but I also think there will be some be some uh, potholes to go through. So I don't think it'll be go smooth. If Gabriel quarterbacks, I think it, the margin gets much bigger. But I'm going to say 28-25-ish. I'll, uh, I'll give the Sooners a little bit more of a cushion, even if it is Jackson Arnold, because, you know, I think a week of practice, uh, even a short week of practice with him taking most of those first-team reps gives Oklahoma's offense a chance to do a little bit more than we saw against BYU. I'll go 31-21 Sooners on Friday morning again That's 11 o'clock start. Looking forward to it. But that's all the time we've got this week. Remember, OU does play TCU 11 a.m. Friday. 
Barry and I and our sellout crowd team will be there. Plus, we'll have all sorts of OU content this week at selloutcrowd.com. If this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.